morning. Good morning. Uh, thank God for this particular day that he has given us that we may be able to share his word together. Uh, when Paul asked me to share, I was just thinking about what topic I should talk about. And um, I thought of peace. I thought of the message of peace. Uh, the message of peace kept on burning into my heart. I realize it is the lack of peace that troubles human beings as well as nations. Lack of peace brings division between parents and children, between siblings, between couples. Lack of peace. Lack of peace uh, ruins relationships. So today we are going to see how how this is important for us, and how we can ask God to help us in that area of peace. We'll see why peace is important, the promise of peace, areas of our lives that need to be in peace. we also discuss about two negative emotions that could prevent us from having peaceful life. In John 14:27, Jesus said, Peace I live with you, my peace I give to you, not as the word gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So you ask yourself, what is peace then? Okay, peace is described as freedom from disturbance, a state of calmness, blessedness, a state of being in harmony, an absence of hostility, it is also a state of, or period in which there is no war, or war has ended. In the Bible, peace may mean notions of totality or completeness, success, fulfillment, wholeness, harmony, security, well-being, and calmness of thoughts, feelings, and body. So when Jesus said, my peace I live with you, my peace I give to you, in essence, what he was telling us is, my wholeness I give to you, my completeness I give to you, I give you my harmony and my well-being. So that's what he was trying to, to pass on to the disciples. In John 16, that's three, Jesus said, these things are spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have tribulations, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Uh, Jesus was about to be crucified, and he knew his disciples would be affected so much by his death. He knew they were going to suffer mentally, emotionally, and even physically. Many of them, like James, were to be killed later on as we know it. Jesus declares to his disciples that he was giving them peace. He differentiates the peace he gives from that which is given by the world. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. The word peace may mean when there is no war. It may mean that there is a political power and domination. It may mean when you have wealth and riches, education, good houses, and all the things that gives man comfort. All these things, no matter how good they appear, they are temporary and they change with the time. But Jesus was giving another form of peace, a wholeness that could only come from him. It means also in the world, as he has said in John 16, that in this world, 
you are going to have tribulations. It means in the world, you have things that take away this wholeness or this harmony. But then he says, but don't worry, I've overcome the world. In other words, he has defeated those things that would prevent us from having this wholeness. And then you ask yourself, why is it that he was giving us this wholeness? Why is peace very important? When we are complete and whole, we'll be in oneness with our Heavenly Father. And we dwell in harmony with our brethren, fellow human beings, and in harmony with ourselves. When we are complete, we shall give peace to those we interact with or those who live with us. Thereby bringing healing wherever we go. We will comfort the weary and we will be able to manifest the kingdom of God on earth. We shall be peacemakers, as he says in Matthew 5, 9. When we have peace, it will be easier to connect with our God when we, when we are in prayer. Because God dwells in peace, in calmness, in stillness, and in silence. And he's inviting us to the same place of fullness. So the promise of peace in the word of God. We have been promised peace, and Jesus gave his disciples peace, which is also our inheritance in Christ, because we have believed Jesus Christ through the teaching of the disciples. So whatever was said to them is also ours. But as we all know, sometimes peace can be very elusive, very difficult to find. These things I've spoken to you, that, that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I will overcome the world. You keep him in perfect peace. These are the promises of peace. I'm just mentioning, but just a few. You keep in perfect peace. He whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. That's a promise in Isaiah 26, 3. Then in Isaiah 3, 5, one which we, bet, we know, uh, but he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The testament for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. In Psalms 22, 7, the word of God says, In his days the righteous shall flourish, and abundance of peace until the moon is no more. Then we ask yourself, we have all these promises. How come we don't have peace? And what areas, when we mean when we say have peace, what areas of our lives do we have peace? So I'm going to mention the areas that uh, are very important for us to have peace in. For us to have peace, peace will need to be found in these areas, in our thoughts, in our feelings, and even in our body. You keep in perfect peace he whose mind is hid on you, because he trusts in you. That is Isaiah 26.3. To be, to be stayed on God may mean to be fixed, rooted, grounded or focused on God. When we make the teachings of Jesus Christ regarding existing on earth, our lifestyle, this will help us get, get our mind grounded or focused on God. It will also help us live in peace with one another. Because when Jesus talked about peace, peace is really not of heaven. Because in heaven there is peace. When he tells us to have peace, it's really things to do with us living on this earth. When Jesus was on earth, he taught us how to coexist with one another in order for us to live in harmony or in wholeness. We know that even though peace is very important, we sometimes get caught up with life and we become peaceless, either in our thoughts, our feelings, and even in our bodies. 
the following are some of the things that can take away our peace as we go through life. Although we may be born again and spirit filled, I'll mention but just a few. Uh, some of the things that take away our peace are unforgiveness and fear mm -hmm. of all kinds, sickness or pain in the body, anger, issues to do with our enemies, known and unknown, are real and not real. We take offense or we offend, we criticize or we are criticized, we judge or we are judged, we condemn or we are condemned. When you think about it, all these things, whether some or all, when present, they mainly dwell in our thoughts and in our emotions. And if not dealt with in the right way, they will affect the things we say and even the things we do. Although we sometimes entertain these things or allow them to stay with us for some time before getting rid of them, Christ taught us a different way. He taught us how to handle these negative thoughts and emotions. If only we read and obey his teachings, although sometimes I think we forget. Uh, he's never judging, but he's helping us. He's telling us to do what he has told us to overcome these things. I will just talk about only two of these issues, that is unforgiveness and fear, because of course time will not allow me to go all over them. So let's talk about unforgiveness. We have had some, some testimonies here in this church, people giving testimonies on forgiveness. And today I will take, I'll talk just a little bit more on what has already been said. Matthew 6, 14 to 15, Jesus said, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And then another verse in Colossians 3, 12 to 13, the Bible says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender masses, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must do. So, what if I say forgive and you will be forgiven? Release all your captives and go free. As you forgive, you also be forgiven. Forgiveness is for us here on earth. God does not judge 13. us, but we judge ourselves when we fail to forgive others. When you fail to forgive, you develop bitterness and all other negative emotions are mentioned there. Anger or resentment towards the person who offended you. And forgiveness will take away your peace. The same peace that Jesus promised us, the wholeness and completeness, it will go when you refuse to forgive. You will not be able to live in harmony with those who offended you. And even your relationship with God will be affected. affected. You may think it's not going to happen, but it happens. By failing to forgive, you eventually break all the universal law of existence that Jesus taught us uh, to live with one another. Jesus taught us about how to forgive, against judging and criticizing others, against condemning others, how to deal with our, our enemies, and how to love. But when you fail to, to forgive, I'm sure all these things will come about. You find yourself judging and criticizing. You find yourself condemning. You find yourself, you know, that you, the person you have refused to forgive automatically become your enemy. And you, Jesus, say, you know, showed us how to deal with our enemies. 
And of course, there's no love. The love is God. So we need to either forgive. The Bible says, judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. So that forms part of the law, the universal law of existence that Jesus talked about. So whatever we do to others, you know, we do to others what we expect done to us. So we need to obey Christ and we'll be able to forgive. All of us would like to be forgiven when we offend others, <clears throat> knowingly or unknowingly. You'd really be worried if people cannot forgive you. Imagine if you go like when you offend people, they cannot forgive you. The same way you'd like to be forgiven and be loved, do unto others. Forgive others for their wrongs, and the same will be done to you. However, it requires divine intervention to really forgive and to release people, especially if they have hurt you deeply. But Christ is willing to help you if you ask. Ask and it shall be given to you. And that is why you need to pray. Ask him to remove the pain in your heart and help you to overcome. Ask him to fill your thoughts with wisdom that you may know how to handle every pain you are going through. If you fail to forgive, your mind can never know peace and it will be difficult for you to divinely connect with God no matter how much you try. Unforgiveness will rob you of your peace. Please make every effort to forgive all people and everyone. Why we take long to forgive is because we think the other person who has hurt us is going to benefit. But the opposite is true. You forgive, you'll be forgiven. What you sow, you will reap. You'll reap forgiveness. As you love, you'll be loved. As you bless, you'll be blessed. As you release others, divine blessing will flow in your direction. On the other hand, every thought of darkness caused by either unforgiveness or other matters that comes out from unforgiveness, whether it may be of malice, anger, vengeance, judgment, condemnation, hate, to mention just a few, bring destruction like fire, sweeping through a dry field or a dry land. But since we do not see what happens in the spiritual realm, we do not see the cries and agony of our victims. I think I'm going to read that again. On the other hand, every thought of darkness caused by either unforgiveness or other matters, whether it may be of malice, anger, vengeance, judgment, condemnation, hate to mention just a few, bring destruction like fire, sweeping through a dry field. But since we do not see what happens in the spiritual realm, we do not see the cries and agony of our victims. Once our negative thoughts have caused havoc to our victims, just like a boomerang, you come back to us and cause untold miseries, same as you have sent out, sometimes even worse. That's why Jesus told us to forgive. He was trying to protect us when he said that. He was trying to protect us from the boomerang effect of our forgiveness. Uh, he told us to bless our enemies and to do good to others. What you do to others will be done to you, whether good or bad. Our thoughts can work for or against us. Mind is powerful and we need to train it. When a negative thought comes, just address it immediately and infuse the thought. For example, if a thought reminds you of a wrong somebody has done to you, just quickly say, I've forgiven them and I love them. 
after some time that thought will disappear and you never come again. And even if it comes, it will not take away your peace. When we feel unable to manage the negative thoughts, we need, it, we need to take this to God in prayer and ask him to help us to overcome those thoughts. Be honest and ask for help, and he will help you. Ask for wisdom from above, and it will be given to you. Remember, he's not judging you, but he's helping you because he wants us to be victorious in this life. As 2 Corinthians 10, 15, uh, 10, verse 5, the Bible says, Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity in your vision of Christ. And also, but I say to you in Luke uh, 6, 27, that one, the Bible says, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those whose spirit may use you. It will be helpful because every time when we go to sleep, to check through our thoughts and hearts and see whether we have held anyone captive with unforgiveness, including yourself. If any, if any, just pray and forgive them and release them by faith and mean it in your heart, at least for your sake, if not for them. Bless them and give them peace, and you'll be surprised to see the way peace will fill your, your heart. So, yes, so, so whenever I brought up and forgive just cast down that thing, put it down and remind it the word of God, and just as uh, Paul says in the Second Corinthians 10, 5, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You bring that thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Do not allow it to flourish. So the second thing I'm going to talk about is fear. Uh, fear is another negative emotion. In this life, people get afraid of many things. We fear the unknown and even the non-factors. So what is fear? Fear is an unpleasant emotion caused by the threat of danger, pain, or harm. It's an emotion of terror, horror, panic, agitation, and fright. Many things that happen in life would cause us to be in a state of fear. However, as we know from Christ's teaching, fear is opposite of faith. Mark 4, 14 says, Jesus said, But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? So you can see when you are fearful, you are not operating in faith, but somehow we get afraid. But when confronted with different situations in life, familiar and unfamiliar, it is good to take a moment and check what Jesus said about the situation. We have to always remember that our thoughts and feelings are creative tools, and hence, we, whatever we feel them, whenever we feel them with fear, they, without our knowledge, start to create the same things that we do not want to see happen. The Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinking, so he is. So the things you allow in your thoughts, they become yours, whether you like them or not. And also Job says in Job uh, 3, uh, 25 to 6, 25 to 26. For the thing I greatly feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. So you see, uh, fear, no matter 
you know, you may think it's a small thing, but it can cause, it, it can create for you a world that you didn't want to happen. When our thoughts are fed with fear, it starts to magnetize those things that you fear. And if this fear is not stopped in time, the thought matures and finally externalizes or brings forth the same things that you fear. When I learned this truth, I personally checked my life and sure enough, majority of the negative outcomes in my life originated from a seed of fear. That is why the Bible has warned us repeatedly do not fear, do not be afraid, do not worry, do not be dismayed, but sometimes we forget or we don't understand. No, but due to lack of knowledge, or due to lack of knowledge of the consequences of our fears on ourselves, we try to worry and sometimes get afraid. It is my growing to imagine that by fearing and worrying day in, day out, we are attracting to ourselves the very thing that we do not want to see happen. We all need to reject and address fear and worry no matter what. So in the Bible, we have some promises about fear and also some warnings. So I'm just going to read a few so that you can remind ourselves. There are many, but I just want to remind us a few. Uh, the, the last we already read, John 14, 27, Jesus said, My peace I live with you. That's our promise. My peace I give to you. Not as the word gives, I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That is a warning. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Then Matthew 6, 34, the Bible says, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So do not worry. That's the word there. Luke 12, 22, the Bible says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you eat or about your body, what you wear. And then look, that is, do not worry about your life. Then look through that too. Jesus said, do not be afraid, literal thought. For your father has been pleased to give you a kingdom. Do not be afraid. And then in Isaiah 41, 10, fear not, for I am with you. Be not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I'll help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not be dismayed. And then uh, Joshua uh, 1 9, have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Again, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And then Second Timothy 1 7 for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So we haven't been given a spirit of fear. So how do we do it with fear? Now that we have been reminded, we are reminded ourselves on the consequences of fear. We need to remind ourselves on how to deal with it. So what we need to do is to recognize fear when it comes and by faith passes out. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So whenever a fearful thought, whether you're walking 
or whether you're sleeping, whatever you are, just cast it down. Even though you can't remember any scripture, just know that fear is uh, it's, it's, it's ungodly. So whatever it is, just rebuke it in Jesus' name. From this scripture, we learn that every time a fear of God comes, we need to cast it down, the obedience of Christ. By that, it means you put the scriptures just like Christ did when he came from the wilderness. The written word of God helped Jesus to overcome. We should also do likewise. So the following scriptures are some of the verses you can use when you are confronted with fear, but you can use any, not only this. I'm just reminding ourselves that we have scriptures to use when fear comes our way. Psalm 27, verse 1, the Bible says, The Lord is my life and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Or whom shall I be afraid? Sometimes you get afraid of people or situation. But you can say, The Lord is my life and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Or whom shall I be afraid? Psalm 46, 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And then Psalm 23, the one we have read today, uh, verse 4. Yeah, though, if I, if, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Psalm 118, 6. The Lord is on my side, I will not fear. What can man do to me? Psalm 18, 2. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom... I will trust my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. However, I know sometimes you may quote all the scriptures but still be afraid. In such times, I think you just take time and tell it all to God in prayer. Ask God to help and guide you. Be honest with Him and ask Him to help you overcome fear, and He will. You don't need to, sometimes you may not remember any scripture, but just go to Father. And he loves you and cares about you. Just tell him that you are terrified about the situation and you want to overcome. And he will help you. He will send his Holy Spirit and he's going to lift you up. David sang in Psalm 4, 4. David sang and said, I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. So just pray and God is going to deliver you from all your fears. When we pray, we ask God to give us wisdom in our thoughts. Because our thoughts, as I've said, they are very powerful. It's our thoughts that need to be controlled. They are the ones that go everywhere. So they need to be controlled by the Word of God. You need to feed your thoughts with the Word of God so that they don't uh, start creating the things that you don't want. So that you can start think as He does. For our own effort, it is not possible. But with God, all things are possible. Also, we have our feelings, our emotions. Our feelings, uh, they work together with our thoughts, and they are our creative tools. So we need peace also in our emotions. Uh, this we do by asking God to feed us with unconditional love. You know, uh, we need to have uh, love in our hearts. It's only the unconditional love of God that can bring a difference in our hearts. When God's love is equally deposited in our feelings, then we can truly be able to love one another and to forgive all people. We shall walk in faith and not in fear when we allow love to flood our hearts. 
But it's only divine love, not just man love. It's the divine love of God. Without love, one casts a, a dark shadow to everyone we meet, and most of it to those whom he lives with. When you don't have love, you affect everyone you meet, you stay with, and even the people you live with. So it's very important for us to have the unconditional love of God. And if we ask God to give us, going to do it. So the last and not the least is, um, is our body. In the beginning, I mentioned areas that peace is paramount. That is our thoughts, feelings, and in our body. The reason why we need peace in our physical body is because the body helps us to achieve our purpose on earth. The body is also the temple of the spirit. The first Corinthians six nineteen, the word of God says, Or do you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? Uh, sometimes in life, uh, or as Christians uh, have seen, we normally have two extremes. Believers who do not really care much about their physical body because they say it is of the earth. And uh, we have those who give it too much attention at the expense of their spiritual development. So some people say the body is not important, it's going to die and all that. However, although it's temporary, you cannot do much without your body. So it is the body that helps you do God's work. So it has its place and it needs to be respected for the time we have it. So, and there are those ones who Again, on the, the extreme, they, are, they care so much about the physical body at the expense of their spiritual development. So I think we should try to balance ourselves and take care of our spiritual self as well as our physical self. Though the body is temporary and eventually does, the body carries or do God's work on that. It needs to be peaceful for it to, to work well. Uh, there's a time I read a book, there's a book I read by the book of Thomas, for those ones who have read it, somewhere Jesus said the following in one of the sayings, I'm amazed though at how such a great wealth has settled into such a poverty. In other words, he was amazed to see how such a great power, the spirit, has settled in a human body made from the dust and the earth. You know, uh, I think we should equally be amazed when we deeply imagine that God, through his spirit, dwells in us. As you walk around, sometimes we judge people when we see the physical body, which is which should not be the case because we are more than that. We have God that dwells in us. And so Jesus said he was surprised to know how such a powerful God can actually dwell in a human body. But then we should thank God for that, that in us God dwells. Then my question is, do we need to treat our bodies as if the King of glory dwells in them? Do we bother to know how he wanted us to keep the temple where he dwells. In this time of COVID-19, we have come to realize that the church is not a building, but you and me. This is because it is you and me who carries the Spirit of God and not the building. We can experience God's anointing in the church building when we go there, but mainly this is because people who have the Spirit of God happens to be there. If people are not there, there couldn't be any anointing. So, the body is important because it carries the Spirit of God. Uh, it may not live forever, but the time God has given us, we need to take care of, our, of it. 
then how how then how do we achieve peace or wholeness in our body you may ask one way of doing it is uh, just like we've been been advised in uh, various ways is through good and right nutrition in our rest by avoiding extreme stressful situation and choosing a health healthy lifestyle that is suitable for us individually when we are sick injured, tired, and stressed out, we find it difficult to pray and connect with our Father and even with one another. It is therefore very important for us to have peace in our bodies. It is our responsibility to take care of what God has given us until it is taken away. Our bodies are not responsible for the wrongs we do, but our thoughts and feelings and words that come from those thoughts. Our body is just but a vehicle that obeys the commands of our mind. If our thoughts and feelings are good, then our body will be good. Okay, concerning the issue of our bodies, there's so much to talk about, and the time may not allow. Um, last year, I think there's a time we had a few in church, and we talked about more about health, and also, by God's grace, last year I was able to, to publish a book regarding health. Although uh, I haven't published it, but I haven't uh, launched it, but it is there in Amazon, and I have some few copies. I wrote this book after having so many questions about health. I wondered why God loves us so much. I wondered why God, who loves us so much, would leave us to suffer in sickness and in diseases. During my journey, I found it was not His will for us to be sick. But because of the choices we make regarding nutrition and other matters, sickness may be the outcome. The bottom line is, though we are spiritual beings, we live in a body, and the peace of that body affects our total well-being, and hence we need to take care of it. It is never too late. However, because of God's mercy, even when we get sick, He comes in and says, I'm the Lord that heals you. So please, we need to take care of our bodies. It is the temple of the Holy Spirit. In conclusion, I just want to go over what we have already said. Those time is so much done. To be to be effective, to be effective in our lives on earth, we need to live in peace, peace with our heavenly Father, peace with our fellow human beings, peace with ourselves, in our thoughts, feelings, and even. The physical body. John 14 to peace I live with you. My peace I give to you, not as our word gives, do I give you. Let not your heart be troubled. And Isaiah 26, 3, you keep in perfect peace. He whose mind is stayed on God because he trusts in you. We have seen that if we forgive others, we shall be forgiven. We should do to others what we want done to us. I've mentioned that our mind magnetizes the same things we do not want when we allow fear to settle in our thoughts and emotions. So we need really to take care of our thoughts and emotions. Otherwise, it's going to create for us mountains we never expected. However, if we pray, God will deliver us from more fears. We also need to remember that our body is the temple of the Spirit of God the temple of the Spirit of God, and hence it needs to be kept in peace. We need our physical bodies to achieve our purpose on earth. 
So uh, before I finish, I just felt that I wanted to pray for one group of people. I like to pray for those those ones who are afraid. Afraid of various things. I've been a victim of my own fears and situations, and I know how detrimental this is. Therefore, I want to offer a short prayer for for anyone who would be in that category of of, of being afraid. So, if you are there and you are afraid or something or something or you are worried, I like to pray with you. But before I in that, I'll read Isaiah the Bible. Uh, it says, Say to those who are fearful hearted, Be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Do not fear, uh, this is foundation. Do not fear, do not fear. Instead, tell God to help you. He will come and save you. Say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong and do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Our Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, as I preach this message, I want to pray for anyone, Lord, in our congregation, anyone who is listening, and they are afraid of something, Lord. At this time, oh Father, when we have so many uncertain things that are happening, People are about to be afraid. But your word has said we should not be afraid. We should not fear because you are God. Father, I want to pray, Lord, that I want to release everyone, oh God, who is afraid. Lord, trust in you to be bold and to be courageous. To trust in you and to know that you are there. Though we may not feel you, though we cannot see you, you have said you are there. And therefore, I pray, Lord, I pray for peace upon their thoughts, upon the feelings of people. And even their face for God the Father. I pray for complete healing upon everyone, oh Father. We ask, Lord, that you are going to deliver every soul, oh Father, from the spirit of fear. That they shall reject fear completely, Lord, because it's not part of who we are supposed to be. We are not supposed to be fearful. We are not supposed to be afraid. And therefore, Lord, I declare we shall be bold and we shall be courageous no matter what. Lord, we give you praise and we give you honor. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.